the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenku Jack got it there. Cenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Jack Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hawthorne Fancast. We're going to be reviewing today our dismal display post-buy against the Gold Coast Suns and previewing our upcoming game against the Blues. How are you, James? Bin it, bin it, bin it. It was our regular smasher. I mean, we've had a few of these this year. And I think that was the worst of them. I genuinely think that was the worst loss we've had this year. We've had some terrible ones. We had that Sydney one... In round two, we had Fremantle away, and and this one was our lowest score of the year. And a game that looked so promising early when we kicked the first three goals just turned into complete dust. Yeah, and a bit of a trend you mentioned with all those three games being interstate games. So it's been a bit of a worrying trend for the Hawks right now. I know, we're the happy handballing Hawks, but when you kick it long and you go interstate, uh, we don't seem as happy. Yeah, that's right. And it will, look, they say a week's a long time in football. Well, two weeks is an even longer time, and we had to wait for that. And uh, let's be honest, what we dished up on the weekend just wasn't wasn't the Hawthorne way. It's funny because Sam Mitchell addressed during the week about other teams coming off the bye and losing, and we were just another casualty to that and, and did it almost as worse as anyone in, in the way that we lost. Obviously, we had West Coast losing this round as well in the worst fashion possibly possible, but we were just as bad. Yeah, look, and I'm glad that actually Sam Mitchell actually mentioned in the pre, um, pre-game presser that like it was a trend that actually picked up on, so there was no excuses at all for the fact that this was just a post-buy loss. Rather, we sort of predicted it the week before, saying that we don't really travel up well up to up to Queensland, and we went up there and we didn't really... You know, we, we, did, we kept a pretty similar trend to... I think we lost by the exact same margin as what we lost to them last year actually so we don't do well up there against them yeah well last year was in darwin but same sort of conditions i predicted last week that we'd lose by 40 plus yeah so it's not like it's not like i came into it predicting a better showing i did more than what was dished up just because of the way we played there was absolutely no drive just nothing went our way every positive play we tried it we just bombed it long and Will Power or Charlie Ballard or Mac Andrew would just pick it off and they'd go down the other way and score. And it's it was a story of the early part of the season. I didn't think we'd see a sort of performance like that now, although I know we're not immune to the odd 60-plus point loss. Yeah, look, here on the on the pod, we talk a little bit about how, you know, progression is not linear. I'm going to have, have a couple of steps back. I'm going to have off games, but it is a really disappointing to see, isn't it? After we didn't think maybe these performances were a bit behind us, we didn't really believe would get done in the way we did and I think that's uh, what you said there is uh, the biggest takeaway was that we just couldn't find a way really to change it up mid-game to actually get any sort of ascendancy I mean I actually thought we did really well during the second period to actually hang in there enough because you know football is a game of momentum and as long as you can hold in there on the scoreboard when your turn comes you might be able to jump them but our turn never came in the end it's interesting you mentioned that because I feel like we were real putrid in the second quarter and I think oh, Gold Coast kicked two goals eight and really let the door open and we we kicked the first goal of the third quarter to get it back within four points and I think the next clearance they literally got a goal and it was all downhill from there so it's hard 
to to think about the fact that they won by six or seven points, but in the second half we were within four points. It was yeah, very right. similar to the Box Hill performance earlier that day as well. And, and that's exactly my point. Is I, th- I feel like it actually happened the reverse way with Hawthorne a lot of the games early in the year where we were on top in the first quarter or the second quarter, but we couldn't make it count on the scoreboard. Yeah. And another team would just punish us when the momentum swung Easter their Monday way and we get similar. done. Yeah. But on the weekend, even though we man- they managed to not make use of their opportunities, we couldn't make them pun- we couldn't punish them for it. Exactly. And a lot of the interstate games that were being smashed the interesting thing about yesterday's game is normally we've been the slow starters and then we've had to play catch up and this game was kind of the opposite where we started almost too fast and didn't show anything for the rest of the game. Yeah, I think it's disappointing when you look at the Port Adelaide game where we had a yeah. one of our probably our worst half I've seen us play in a decade of footy. But we were man- we managed to turn it around the second half and really come out firing. It became somewhat of a positive loss. Yeah, like a respectable win because you could see the effort, you could see the trying. But in this game, it just got from worse to worse. And you struggled to see any way that could actually change things around. It seemed like we, we just had sort of one game plan. And once that was squashed pretty much after quarter time by, by Stuart Dew, we had nothing to actually respond with. It's alarming because we come up against a team this week, and we'll get to that game a bit later. Who did but the team Gold Coast. who beat them by more than what Gold Coast beat us. So I don't know. Is are you nervous coming to the game? Obviously, we'll talk about it a bit later. But is Sicily is his absence that much of a killer for us? It seems that when he goes out, there's no Hawthorne. Yeah, like definitely. I mean, we we made that mention even before he was you yeah. know, rubbed out for three weeks. I mean, Sicily is integral to our football club, and considering our defence is probably one of our weakest areas of the ground right now. I mean, we're leaky as hell. Without him there, we, we're out to sea. I mean, we don't have the most reliable defenders. Let's be honest. You know, you look at James Blank; he's quite raw. Sam Frost is as bad as you know, useful as I don't know something something useless. that's useless. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and, you know, DGB can't even find his way in the team right now. Scrimshaw um, has had a bit of an off year as well. So, look, our defence is all at sea. We conceded an average of 50% on the weekend, and that was the ball was just coming in and out, in and out, in and out. We couldn't really get any ascendancy. So, yeah, that's, that's it's a huge worry. But I think there was a lot more worries than just Sicily on the weekend. It was we couldn't even deliver our ball inside 50. I think we had, what, 37 entries at the end. It so was 68, the that's almost like, that's half. It was the inability to create a contest. It yeah. just felt like we lost every single contest possible. And, and the reason Carlton beat Gold Coast is they brought the pressure, they won the contest, and they got away with it. And Gold Coast played like they did against us last night against Carlton in the first quarter. And we saw what they did in that first quarter. They were actually on top of Carlton, and Carlton flicked the switch and, and ran over the top. And it was due to pressure, and we looked very lethargic. Definitely, but yeah. like a team coming off a bye. Yeah, definitely, and and, and in the conditions, and you know, I, I was looking at the stats before, and I saw that I think they ran like nine more kilometers than us, which is yeah. quite alarming. So it just worked great. Trapped in our fifty after the game. Um, so yeah, look, I think in multiple facets of the game, it, I reckon this would be one of the most stern reviews I have all season because thirty-four points at a professional level football team is just not good enough. So there weren't many, but. Do we go through our best players? Uh, we'll quickly just name. I'm not going to name any stats or anything. Just, yeah. just well, I'm going to go out first and say that I have no one in my best players. I don't think anyone deserves it. You, I, I know Hardwick was quite good. Will Day was quite good, and and it kind of drops off a little bit on the stat sheet. The players don't look that. That's right. That, yeah, they they don't look that bad. But if you watch the game, someone like Scrimshaw that had 31 touches, I thought he lacked a lot of intensity. Looked real poor defensively and. He just looked out of it. 
But then yeah. you look at the stat sheet, he gets it 31 times, he takes 10, 11 marks or whatever, and you go, oh, Scrimshaw played well. But that's not how I saw it in real time. Yeah, look, I think it's hard because it's easy to either look really good as a defender in a game where you get smashed by that much points or yeah. really bad because the ball's in there all the time. I mean, we're probably not going to talk too much about the forwards, for example, because the ball's never down there. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, look, I, I did name three just for the sake of it. Um, I'm a bit the same as you. I don't think anyone played amazing necessarily, but I'm a firm believer that these are professional athletes. They do try. They go out there and give it a crack. It just doesn't come off all the time. So, look, Will Day was obviously yep. fan-voted MVP. I thought he was pretty good. They they pulled the pin and they sent him to defense pretty much as a loose, which I didn't really wasn't really too sure about. I know he sort of mopped up there, but maybe part of the issue why we conceded so many inside 50s is because we played an extra in defense rather than on the ball, which is what we usually do, which actually meant that we just got pretty much the ball in and out of the 50. So I actually don't know if that was the right move in the end, even though Will Day did capitalise off being that spare and had a, you know, a lot of marks and disposals and things like that. Um, I don't know if it was the right move in the end. And uh, second, I've got Blake Harwick, who had a whopping 38 touches. He was good. He read the play really Yeah, nice. yeah, he gave it a crack. And, you know, the ball was down there, so I expect him to get a lot of touches anyway. I mean, I was interested when I saw the blank and uh, I think Frost only had like eight or nine each when like the ball was in there to be think, fair, 68 to, times. To be fair, and I'll get the Gold Coast goal scorers up, I don't think Blank and Frost actually conceded a lot of goals between them. Ben King got two and... I can't see Kasbolt, and Kasbolt kicked three behinds. Yeah, I don't think I'm, like, blaming their defensive efforts. I think they were fine in that aspect. I think when you just think about it, if the ball is in there all the time, can you get more than 10 touches in a game of footy? Like, how we transition the ball outside, because, like, the way it's been working for us recently is this handball chaining going on, but all we're doing is just grabbing it and then smashing it out of the 50. Well, I'll tell you the difference here is, is one, you want those defenders kind of dragging their opponents away from the ball rather than to it so they're not going to get a lot of touches also i think gold coast scored majority of their goals from stoppages meaning their midfields are getting goals and things like that i feel like yeah and we noticed that we noticed that in the brisbane game that all the stoppages inside our defensive 50 uh we were leaking shots at goal and they, they luckily for us um, against Brisbane, they weren't always going through. Yesterday was a different story. I feel like Brisbane capitalised on a lot of opportunities around stoppage in the in our defensive 50 um, that really cost us. Yeah, definitely. Our defence is extremely leaky right now. But, but at stoppages, defensive stoppages, we've looked really bad. Yeah, when the ball gets thrown in there, I, I really worry and, and, and balled up, obviously. So, yeah. And then I was at Jarman EP. I thought he's had a good year and, yeah, he, and he gave it a crack. But once again, there was probably about five other players that were on that sort of mid-tier. But... The story of the day was there's just so many passengers, it's not even funny. Yeah, C-Mac, usual passenger, after yeah. what he had a real a career-best game, he was coming off. I yeah, and, and I, like, I'll, I'll briefly talk about him, uh, just because I know that it probably pains you to say anything bad about him. But um, look, I, I'm actually not going to be too hard on C-Mac, because I think he's a player that's going to play well when you're winning on the outside. You can't, get a, you can't get the ball on the outside, and the ball lives in your defense. He ain't going to touch it. That's it. So, he's a positive player, and if you're not playing a positive brand of footy, then he's probably not going to be playing too well. But there was a few like that, and we'll get to more in, in the changes that we do in a sec. What were your biggest takeaways from the game? I think it was... I mentioned the word lethargic before, and I think the biggest thing is how flat we looked. Yeah. I feel like even when we've lost heavily, we're trying to play the Hawthorne way. We've always tried to go out with this attacking intent and we don't care if we lose by 100 as long as we're playing our way. And I felt like there wasn't 
there was very few times that it looked like we were. A lot mm. of times where we were under pressure and we were just bombing it down the line and they were picking it off and going again. It felt like we are doing a lot of defend, defensive stuff. Like the first quarter, we had a lot of ball. A lot of ball and it was, it was positive. We were up, we were playing good. For the rest of the game, we were just giving it right back to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway was just our lack of plan B. Right. Yeah, but like, that's been our season. I know. And I think that's that's the next evolution to this team is we've got to try and find a game style that can be altered and adjusted a little bit better in game where we can actually stop. Because I think Stuart do I mean, completely outcoached us, right? Because in the first quarter, we were up and about. Like, I thought yep. this was going to be a good day for us. It looked like we were getting our handball chains going well and we're winning it. And it's like they just pressed us so high up the ground and so hard that the whole game plan went to absolute shambles. Think about the teams we've beaten this year, Matt. So we beat North, and if you go back to that game, you notice that they were really standing off us. Yeah, we've been around the back the yeah, whole time. We beat West Coast, who everyone's beaten West Coast, apart from GWS. Um, we beat St. Kilda, another really defensive-type team. They weren't really pressured. They, they pressured us a bit, but they weren't full-pressing us. And Brisbane laid back on us, too. I feel like we struggle against teams that really bring the pressure. Sydney in round two brought the pressure. Essendon in round one brought the pressure. Fremantle in round eight brought the pressure. We really struggle when teams um, just swarm at us. Yeah. And you can't play your your nice happy handball game when teams are just, Otherwise, it becomes into a hot potato and you turn it over. Yeah, I think the other issue was, is I think at one point I saw we had a really high pressure rating, one of our highest for the season apparently. But that dropped off pretty quickly. So it was also how well we can maintain our defensive attitude in the game. Because yep. it sounded like once the, the, the damn wall broke, it really just went to shit after that. So injuries, MRO. I think Meek will be waiting nervously on a bump that he did. That was It kind of set the tone for us early because I think he did it in the first quarter. And it was one of my favorite passages of the game. Uh, I think it might have been on Lukosius. His head kind of went... Oh, no, it was on McPherson, sorry. And... Uh, his head went back, but didn't seem overly a lot of contact. But you know what the AFL thinks, any contact to the head, you could be in strife. So we might not have Meek for Sunday, but we'll talk about Sunday. We've got Carlton, 110 at the G. Hopeful, hopefully it's a massive crowd. Carlton normally bring the crowds and a big, nice Sunday slot for us. Should bring a crowd at all. Um, well, it should bring a crowd. What are you thinking? Oh, first of all, it'll be nice to get back to the footy again. Yeah. Um, about the game, uh, look, I, I, I just want to see us not have so many passengers, I think, in this next game. It was in, we were talking about before the podcast, and you made a really good point. Like, we need some players that are able to stand up in the middle of these games and really take control of the game. Like Jai and Jai Newcomb did in that third quarter in Brisbane, right? Who's going to get the game by the scruff of the neck when we're down and out and will us to victory because it felt like on the weekend we just had like the fact that you didn't do a 3 one shows that we didn't have a lot of players that really could turn the tide of the game I feel like that's why Sisley is so important is he's that one player that can kind of he, yeah. he's a safety net at the back in general yeah but he can really just help us drive off half back. Do you and... think it's also a confidence thing? Do you reckon when they look up and they say, oh, we've got no Sicily next to us and we've got a bunch of a pretty young defence, do you reckon they just almost psychologically just, you know, mess up a little bit? Yeah, well, there's not many leaders back there apart from Jars. Like, mm. Jars is a leader. Hardwick opted out of being in the leadership group. So I don't know if there's too many people putting their hands up and controlling 
that back line when Sicily's not there. Yeah, just a pretty pivotal central figure that can help everyone sort of gain that sense like of belief. Frost is in the leadership group, but a lot of people in our leadership group that haven't actually been leaders before, so they're first-time leaders. I feel like we lack, and Sicily is too, but he cares. He has that. He has a different sort of passion than what some of those blokes do. And I don't know. I feel like we're really struggling. Yeah, really struggling at the back, and and he's that one player that can really turn the game. We don't have many game winners in our side, and Sicily is one that can really set the tone. Yeah. Well, before we get into a bit of opera analysis and the tips, um, what are your changes to this game? We actually got three. All right, go on. First, Josh Ward had 36 disposals for Box Got to be in. Got to be in. Kicked a nice goal as well. Just looked really good. I'm taking him out. I'm taking Cam out for him. Cam McKenzie. Yep, okay. I thought he was a bit fumbly yesterday. Just probably needs to dominate Box Hill for a few weeks. Have the Josh Ward treatment that he's hopefully going to come back from this week and just go back and work on his skills and just play some good footy at a lower level. Because um, he's been quite good without being amazing. Yeah, no, I think Cam McKenzie's like a ticking box quite nicely. I thought he was really good as a sub against Brisbane. Um, I thought it's a bit hard because, you know, he had a couple of centre bounces and stuff like that. But you know, against probably one of the better t- midfielders in the league, he was always going to struggle a little bit this game, McKenzie, and, and travelling after post-buy. Well, I probably agree with you for that one. I reckon just do a straight stuff for Ward and McKenzie. Ward's got that year on McKenzie. He can just be a bit more bodied in season, you know, but also against Carlton, who have also have pretty good midfield. So I'm, I'm in for that change. We talked about a, a player that can kind of change a game, and, and there's probably no better when he's in form at a packed MCG against a big club than, than Chad Wingard. Yep. But I think that he's had a few weeks at Box Hill. Without being fantastic, he's still been quite good. Um, and I think he comes in for Lockie Bramble. Who Lockie Bramble? Mm, okay. he's, Lockie Bramble's been okay, but is he a player that's going to change so much of our team? Is he a player that adds so much more than say a Harry Morrison would or anyone else would? I know he has weapons, which is his pace and his running carry, but have we seen enough of him in the side this year to say, okay, Bramble, you can play this week, and and we'll just leave Chad rotting at Box Hill when we're playing a big club? Yeah, see, I actually, um, I had Chad in as well. I think it's time for him to come back in. I think we need a bit more leadership in the team, especially without Sicily out. And I, and I think it's just time to, to see what Chad's got. We're coming to the end of the year now. We need to look at his trade currency and what his future in the club looks like. So I want to see Chad back in. But I didn't have him out for a defender. I actually had him out for Sam Butler. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Sam Butler's been, if I'm all honest, a little bit underwhelming. A little bit, yeah. You know, this year, not not whole lot. I know he's had a, a, a good go. And, a lot, a, 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 you know, the case of a lot of our small forwards is they're just young boys. I'll get to him um, in a second. Like with Tyler Brockman. But I think for this game, maybe this game is just a bit bigger and Wingard might fare a little bit better than Butler after his, you know, quiet eight-touch game. I'm going, and, and you're going to initially find it weird with, with the forwards that they have, but I'm bringing out Jack Scrimshaw. Mm. I thought his intensity, his performance yesterday was the definition of Sam Mitchell leaving him out at the start of the year. That's I big saw, for you because you've loved Scrimshaw. I love Scrimshaw. Years. I think he's a very good footy player. I reckon he's got really good skills. But I think there's something in that with Sam Mitchell saying that he just lacks intensity. Yeah. He lacks footy awareness and, and kind of... Yeah, he just there's something about him that just does not have this year, and mm. it's really a burden. There was a Do you think it's a confidence thing. It, it, obviously, it's a confidence thing that plays a massive part. But yeah. there's a lack of care for some of his touches. 
uh, I don't know. He's, he's just lost his touch. Hmm. He's lost his touch a lot. Do you reckon that getting rid of him a week after he's had a, you know, and look, let's be honest on the stat sheet, it looks quite amazing. I think. I don't think they'll drop him. I just didn't like his intensity. But do you all. think that dropping him will have good long-term consequences for him? I mean, he's one of the players that we need to explore in trade period that he's got currency. You reckon? Yeah. Wow, that's a huge call. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jack Scrimshaw's talent. And I think those things you mentioned there, even though I'm I'm very similar in sport in general, I think, you know, those are the uncoachable things that, you, that are non-negotiables, effort, intensity. I still think that that can be improved on. No, I feel like that's the stuff that can't be taught. Like, skills can be taught, but mindset can't. And I feel like... Yes, but mindset can change. is why players go in and out of form. Like, you know, Cozzy's, we could make an example of early in the year. He was so out of form, so vulnerable, so unconfident but saying that he's come in and he's actually had a pretty good month footy not on the weekend of course yeah i don't know i, I i'm gonna back my man scrimmers in I, I i seriously have a pretty good future with him i think we need as much tall defenders as we can get right now the only thing i'll back you up in this week if he gets dropped is if someone else comes in for him which, which I think will be dgb yeah so that's and the only only thing and i think he's undersized the against re- the likes of their tall forwards. The reason I bought in both Chad and DGB is we're at a point now where, what, there's like nine games to go. He try and plays out more. They're, the, they need to play almost every game for their career, and not only for Hawthorne, but in the AFL. I feel like DGB is one that he's going to have his suitors because he probably comes to other clubs quite cheap and he, he feels a need. But if he wants to stay at Hawthorne, he really needs to... Like, we've got a key position defender problem and he still can't get in the side. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look... It's, and it's I, don't, I don't think he played the best game at Box Hill either yesterday. What um, do you think is going to change if he's at AFL level? Because Scrimmer's in all fairness to him. When he does go to Box Hill, he looks above the crowd. There. So my matchup on the weekend is, is you've got... Blank and Frost will take the big two in, in Kernel and Mackay. I think um, Frost will take Mackay and, and Blank will take So Kano. what's DGB going to do? And DGB will be on Tom DeConing resting forward or Jack Silvani resting forward. And I think that's a confidence booster because he can play that third man up, which I feel like he's a lot more comfortable in doing. Look, I, I love it how you're trying to like accommodate for him and you're also having a long-term picture in terms of like the club in itself and him at the club and what that looks like after the season. I just don't know if I'm rewarding players who just don't show good form at VFL level. Like, yeah. see, when you mentioned Josh Ward, I'm like 100% chuck him in 36 touches. Deserves it, right? But when you mentioned DGB, I'm still like, are we just giving him games for the sake of it now? But I, I feel like it's because we've got no depth in that position. And yes, I'm saying we're dropping a guy that's just had 31 possessions for DGB who's had nothing. But I just don't know when that opportunity is going to come for him. And, and See, I, I, I've, I've always had a really long-term project idea with DGB. I've always just saw him as a really, like, raw talent that is just going to take a long time to sort of come together. And I get, you know, you need to get games in these young guys, but I'd also make a call. Uh, it's probably a big one here, but I'm really disappointed that Emerson Jack has been injured. Yeah, Because he was playing tall defender in the last year and, and looked okay. Well. Yeah. And looked okay, right? He, I think he actually played in that Carlton one-point loss last year even. 
Oh, no, I was going to say Richmond Mauling. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, scratch that. But pretty much, it just adds that little, another layer of like competitiveness because DGB's got no one to compete with, even though he still can't actually get into the team. So, yeah. look, if he gets in, I'm not going to be disappointed with it. I'm just saying, from a pure logical point of view, I'm against sort of giving people handouts, especially players who just cannot show consistent form. Like Cooper Stevens and Josh Ward and those sort of players that have been playing good box hill footy for a while, I can back in. Mm-hmm. But the ones that, you know, just lock down your player at least. I think we can see 140 points on the weekend yeah. in box hill level. Yeah, disgusting. And he was in that defense. So yeah. you're going to bring him in against two of the, you know, because they're going to be player switches and stuff. He will get some time, you'd think, on like one of the big forwards. So mm-hmm. anyway... What are your changes? Oh, and, um, and, and sorry, just quickly, I had Butler as the sub. So, to okay. continue the sub. Yeah, I had a similar thing to you. I had Josh Ward in for Cam McKenzie, only because I think Cam needs a bit of a break, but also yeah. Ward needs game time bad. Like, well, he can't be playing another game of VFL, and he doesn't deserve to because he had 36 touches in the week before he had 31. Yeah. So, he's a player that we need to must, you know, because he's had a really interrupted season this year. I want to see him get a lot more games before the end of the year. I think Cam McKenzie will be him in the week after. I'm just giving him a week break this one. Sam Butler out for Chad Wingard. I explained that a little bit before. I think Sam Butler's been a little bit, maybe lack of confidence. I know he two nice-ish goals against Brisbane, but other than that, I don't think he's done too much over the last month of footy. And what's the harm in just chucking Chad in against in a big MCG game where he could do some damage? Yeah. Um, and he's had his little rest as well. Um, and that's it. Just a two changes. So just the two changes. Yeah, I'm leaving the scrimmage in. I, I want to see if he can back it up and have a bit of a better of a game. I, I actually think that he wasn't maybe as bad as what you said he was. I thought he, you know, I mean, statistics-wise, when I was looking at it, I don't remember the game too well because, honestly, I spent half my time just, like, you know, getting annoyed at it. But, yeah. Well, let's talk about the opposition. Now, if we were playing Carlton this week and James Sisley was in the side, I'd be quite confident. But Yeah. They yeah. have two tall forwards that, Always sound dangerous on paper, but they probably haven't quite... Kurnow's been all right, but they both probably haven't quite put together the seasons they've wanted to in, in Kurnow and Mackay. Um, nah, but, not not logically. like Sorry, not um, you know statistically, but as you mentioned, based on just potential alone, it's a danger, even if they're out of form. Like, I'm still worried about those two, well, especially with our weak, weak defence. Kurnow's second in the Coleman for a reason. He, he's... He's the obvious danger person, but when you've got a backline of Frost and Blank and, and they've just been killed by... Well, they, they, to be honest, they weren't really killed by Gold Coast. They are actually quite okay. I just don't really trust them in our defence coming into this one, even though Carlton have struggled to kick big scores themselves. So why should we be worried? They're coming off a bye. Every team coming off a bye has lost. So are we just acting like this because we've just come off the worst loss of the year? Because well, Gold, Gold, Gold Coast just came off their worst loss of the year and beat us by 60. I mean, look, that's 100% true. I think it's it's the same with, you know, I love Sam Mitchell saying, you know, it's never as good as it seems or as bad as it seems. And, you know, two weeks is a long time. We were celebrating our team two weeks ago when we beat Brisbane at home with our best win of the year. And then now we came to our worst loss of the year up at Queensland against the, the Sun. So, yeah, look... Maybe you're right. Maybe we are just speaking in the moment. and We're obviously still quite hurt and emotional from well, the day after lost. the game. Isn't yeah, it? so it's a bit hard to take that one. But the Sicily factor, it's a big one for me. I don't know. Just without him, we just... I think it points to a bigger issue we've got at the club right now, and that's our lack of key position talent on the list. That and some leadership. Because too. it was the same with Mitch Lewis out at the start of the year. You know, just that lack of, like, you know presence in those areas of the ground just really we really struggle and our defense 
even when Sicily's been in there, has looked a little bit leaky this year. But without him, it just you're just so worried whenever the ball goes in there. So if we don't win the territory battle this weekend, we're going to lose this game. When you talk about territory, I, I talk about contest and, and yeah. their midfield. And they're both like interrelated. Yeah. Their midfield, whilst great on paper, probably haven't performed as well as they've wanted either. Carlton, with obviously with the position they're in on the ladder and, and their season not panning out the way they want. But when you still have guys like Adam Chera and, and Paddy Cripps and Sam Walsh and Matt Kennedy and George Hewitt and, and that really deep midfield, yeah, um, it's going to be a battle. So, yeah, that's right. I think that, you know, you're going to have to sort of almost concede before the game. You're probably going to lose a fair share of clearances this game. Yeah. It's how can we set up well post-clearance. And that's why I talk about territory a lot is that sometimes you're just going to win the contest. It's a little bit of luck and a little bit of effort intensity inside. But it wasn't just that we were losing the contest against the Gold Coast Suns. It was our transition when we got the ball back was nothing. So yeah. contest is one thing, but how can you work the game on the outside? Because we lost the contest on the inside, pretty comprehensive against the Brisbane Lions, people forget. I think the, we lost the clearance by like 20 clearances in the end, almost worse than the Gold Coast Suns game. I think it was actually worse statistically. But we spread so well and did so well post-clearance. It didn't matter if you lose clearances. Clearances are just clearances. I mean, if we were just basing teams of how good they are doing on clearances, Carlton would probably be one of the top in the comp, but they're not. So we need to look at the rest of our ground too, is how do we set up well when we have the ball that we don't end up with 34 points on the scoreboard? Yeah, it's funny. I think Carlton are only one spot above us on the ladder currently. Um, and you probably wouldn't have thought Speaks that... volumes. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought that coming into round 15 um, if, if someone told you that at the start of the season. Uh, I feel like the way they they attack um, is, isn't fast, which, which plays into our hands a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't think they play a style of play that will hurt us i think if you just go back to last year when they beat us the the big reason to that was early on in the game they were their tall forwards were clunking and kicking everything and the key to beat us is is to almost do the same i think what teams don't understand is the way to beat hawthorne is just pepper the 50 because our defense isn't that sound that if you just keep getting it in there you'll eventually score and will eventually leak goals because we, we're a pretty leaky side all you need to do is play direct and, and get it inside 50 and when you've got colonel and Mackay uh against our defense then you'll be getting on the end of a few so that's where i worry yeah. um, but i feel like they don't play a, a fast damaging style um that will trouble us as much as what they may be able to. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's pretty well put. I guess I'm just sort of thinking about their last game. They dismantled the Suns who dismantled us and that's sort of like, it's more recency. But if you look at the season as a whole, I think we've actually probably been... Almost better than... Yeah, almost better than them. We've had a couple of close losses that could have put us two extra wins and we had obviously a few shockers this year. But yeah, look, once again... We could bounce back and have a really good game. We don't know. It's just a post. It's a post buy game against a team who played pretty well at their home, who who needed a wake up call themselves. And now it's our turn to wake up because I reckon this is gonna be one of the most stern reviews of the year. It's an interesting one because Carlton are coming off probably their best win of the season, but they're also coming off the bye. So and teams yeah. haven't been coming off the bye well. But is this win going to change the momentum of Carlton's season? It's probably come at a bad time for them considering they've got the bye after that. Win. Oh, I don't know. I I, th- I think they've. They, they got so used to losing for a bit. You need a confidence booster. Yeah. See, I think we almost need to have a loss. <laughs> you know. Well, I, we had I, a good I, few I, weeks, didn't we? I hate saying that, but sometimes I think you can get a bit carried away. I think we did even, and I think most Hawks fans did. You know, you oh, Brisbane, I thought we'd never lose again. Well, you beat Brisbane. <laughs> you beat Brisbane at home. You beat Saints um, at their their little den, Marvel. Yeah. And you obviously lose against 
you know one of the top two teams in ports yes you sort of you know yeah that, that's that makes sense a little bit and then you obviously smash west coast you sort of start thinking oh maybe we're not that bad right and then you have a loss like this and you're like okay no we can't take our foot off the pedal I think the difference is, and you're almost pointing in that direction, is that Gold Coast isn't a top team. And you're having your worst loss of the season against a team that realistically probably won't make finals. They're in, they're yeah. in the race. Look, this game's similar to me than the Freo loss, right? Yeah. Like, we, I think we came off a win uh, when we got, when well, we got to... Posi- a few, no, it was, our, it was that three-week right. period of the positive performances. It was the, the two close losses. And then the Bulldogs won. And then yeah, that's right. And then we went up to Freo thinking we could maybe dish it up to them. And the Freo were going horribly at the time we played them back into form. Yeah. But once again, I think the, the common denominator here is that they're all interstate games and we're not playing well interstate. At least this one's back at the G. <laughs> well, we've only had one win at the G this year, which happened to be our last game at the G. Yeah. So let's hope we can get a win here. Do you have a player to watch for this game? Did you put Yeah, one in? Tyler Brockman. Ah, Tyler. Yeah, I, lo- I love Brocky. I actually think that he's a serious talent that's almost been like unfound gem right when now. We, when we use Brocky... He, everything turns to gold. That's we don't right. use him. Yeah, he's very clean with the ball. Like his ball use is like second to none. Every time he get he gathers it, I'm like, oh, he's so like, you're just so sure with what he does with it. Yeah. The issue I'm having with him constantly, and I talk, I talk to you about this in private every week. He's that I just want to see him get more involved in the game, get yeah. on the scoreboard. It's always hard as a small forward when you're is. playing one of the deepest. Like you can't just roam up the field and get all the touches you want. You're playing a specific role. See, I think that I think the thing is right. Like you look at Mitch Lewis as a key forward and he's starting his hands on the footy a lot. Yeah. Like 15 touches or more is like a pretty standard game for Mitch Lewis right now. I'm like, fantastic, right? Dylan Moore plays in that small forward role but always gets over at least like 17, 18 touches minimum generally. Yeah. Creeps in the 20s a lot. Sometimes gets over 30s in his really good games. Um, Luke Bruce, no matter what, how bad of a game he has, always seems to get a couple of goals. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the fact that he kicked two on the weekend, I thought was funny as hell. Um, but then you got Brockman, who he has his good games, but he has his games where he goes absolutely missing. Now, he only got, I think, eight touches on the weekend. I could be wrong. I haven't really checked the stats recently, but it was something around that margin, and I, I, he didn't get any score. So he's my player to watch because I think he's got serious talent. Now, his next stage of the game is how can he inject himself into the contest more, that he's more useful to the team. Because if he's going to do all these great things to the ball, it doesn't help if he never gets the ball in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, Brock is my player to watch against Cullen, MCG. I think he can turn it on and be a little mercurial talent up there. I've gone a weird one. Go on. I've gone James Blank. <laughs> now, it's probably the, one of the biggest tests of his career this week. Yeah, he's got the Coleman medalist in Kurnow. I don't know if he'll take Mackay or Kurnow. I think he might take Kurnow and, and Frost might take Mackay. I could be wrong. Could be the other way around. But I think Blake will take Mackay because he's a bit slower and Frost will go with Kurnow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think Blank is just due for... He, he, I actually thought Blank was quite good yesterday and he was quite good the week before. He... he I think he's been good all year, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think he gives a really red-hot crack. I mean, he's... We, we, I think sometimes we forget he was only a mid-season recruit last season. So he's been more than serviceable for us. It's hard to be like harsh on those sort of players. Well, he kept Danaher goalless. He shifted between Casbold and King yesterday, and King got a few. And they're always going to have their moments. Let's be honest. No, no key defender would be able to shut that amount of, yeah, inside Entries, fifties down. Yeah. They were eventually going to score. I feel like Blank's been quite good, and I feel like Blank can do a job on both Mackay and Kerno. And, yep. and I almost go as far to say that if he does do a job, we probably win. Like if he if he play if blank plays a good game and frost plays a good game we probably win because literally the only way I see us losing which I do see us losing but the only way I do is, is if Mackay and Kerno get off the chain and I do I do see that but if if frost and blank have good games then 
can go a long way to us winning. Okay, good call. Who are you tipping? Carlton by 10 points. I went Carlton by a kick. In, in, I don't know how it will go. Like last year was a weird game where we came back and we still lost by a We deserve to win we, that we're one. We're probably the better team on the day. I don't know if we're going to be the better team or the worst team, but we're going to lose by a kick. Yeah. It'll be grim. I, I don't even know why. Like, I don't really have a logical explanation for you why I think we're going to lose by 10. I just think... I'm just not confident. Yeah, I, I just think that might out out-muscle us and out-power us a little bit just towards yeah. the end of the game. I think we're still a young team prone to having off games, and I think this will be one of those games where it might be a, a gallant loss. It kind of reminds me of going to the Adelaide and Giants games where, yeah, we can definitely beat this team, but it might be a bit of a, a yeah. close loss. Mate, if you put Sicily in, I, I'd probably say Hawthorne by a kick. So, like, it, it's literally yeah. one player the difference for me. I might chuck in, chuck in a change a minute before centre bounce. <laughs> yeah. Go to Hawks, you never know. But this I've one. gone with Carlton, and hopefully we can come back next week on the pod and, and celebrate a win in front of a massive crowd at the gym. Oh, I'd Would love be to beat the Blues. Absolutely fantastic. I hate that rabble of a club. Oh, so do I. So, so would be a good more pain's always great. I know a few Carlton supporters that I can't wait to get stuck into uh, if we do get up. Uh, but... Until then, where can you find us? Yeah, on all the usual social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and on any podcasting, hosting platform. Yeah, I think we're on all of them. All the services That's on great. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever. Um, but until next week, go the Hawks. Go the Hawks.